podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome to another edition with Brian Hebner, special guest Jimmy Corderas, and obviously Jimmy Corderas is not here. But guess who else is not here? RJ. No, he's uh, not. Yes. I am on an island on my own, but thank God I have the fill-in help of Mr. Daniel Spencer, senior, senior impact official and senior impact official at OBW. So, Daniel, we're going to do some things differently, um, but I do want to welcome you to the show first, and then I'll explain to everybody what we're going to do here today on this episode. Well, thanks for having me back on. It's been a great couple of weeks, and I'm I'm happy to fill in for, although I still think it's hard to fill in Jimmy's shoes because Jimmy's one of the greatest, but... It's been a privilege to to step in the, that role for the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I missed. I'm not gonna lie, but I have enjoyed you as well. So you know, it was a good trade off. Uh, but I do want to say, I, I I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth right now. But I'm gonna let them come out. I actually miss RJ. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I do too, actually. <laughs> that little bald son of a bitch. I swear. Um. So with that being said, guys, we're going to change the way we structure our show normally. And I know y'all that listen, you know, each and every week are going to be really pissed that you don't have to hear me cuss somebody the fuck out in the ref and review because we're not having that either. We're also not going to have count one and we're not going to have count two. You know why? Because we had had all kinds of technical difficulties, which is why RJ, our good little friend, is not here. And we advertised and said this show was about the OVW uh, Netflix series wrestlers. And we were going to bring Brian Kennison on. And I want to do that. Um, and I don't want to waste any time with that because I don't want to take any time from our valued guests because that's a, a valued guest, of, in my opinion. So, Daniel, what we're going to do is we're going to skip through really quick, man, and, and head to our third count. Um, actually, you know what? We're not. We're going to go to the second count before we go to our third count. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to skip Well, well look, our, our first count was the intro. Here we go. Now we're going into our second count. Let's take it away. Let's go. This is your two count. All right, guys, we're back here at the second count, and like I said, things are a little different here um, on the on reffing it up. Is and uh, but the the main thing is the the reason why we're here is to bring in the guests. We have somebody here that is near and dear to my heart. Somebody that's actually near and dear to America's heart. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, it's the one and only, the voice of Ohio Valley wrestling. Brian Kennison. Brian, how you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. That may be the kindest intro. Anyone's, I've never been called America's sweetheart before, so that's new. <laughs> Brian, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining, man. I am so stoked about this. I actually tweeted today, which will air. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I tweeted. I, I can't keep up with the dates, but anyway. I, that I was so stoked and amped about this episode, and I really, really, truly am, man. I, I'm, I'm going to dive into that for you later on as we keep going. Um, but what an honor to have you on the show, man. And um, you know Daniel's a good liar, too, though, right? Oh, yeah. No, he's a phenomenal liar. Still owes me 25 <laughs> bucks, too. I have not forgotten, Daniel. But no, I <laughs> thank you guys for having me on. This is my first one uh, post-wrestlers, and I've, I mean, I, I've chosen you guys for a reason. So I appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, oh, I will. I will say this: uh, that twenty-five bucks, I did give you some Canadian stuff uh, about a week or so ago. So I think that that kind of covered that twenty-five dollars. <laughs> we don't talk about the Weapon X program, Daniel. We don't talk about the Alpha program. <laughs> um, so, so what I want, what I want to do, Brian, before we get into the talk of the town, uh, which is the Netflix series wrestlers, I, I, I want to ask you: How did you and OVW become a family? How did How did you get there? What happened? Um, so years and years and years ago in a totally different life, uh, Al Snow killed me in a really low budget horror movie. Um, and then I started a podcast years later, like Al and I separated and I started a podcast with Dance's TV Jakes. We had met at a bank. Um, and after a few months, I was like, man, we're getting pretty good traction. I kind of know Al Snow. Maybe I should see if he should be on the show. And I hit up Al. He was like, yeah, sure. I'll do the show. Whatever the fuck. 
So he did the show, and then afterwards, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, you text him, you thanks for being on the show. I was like, by the way, if you ever need any help or you want anybody, you know, anything we can do, he's like, yeah, come on, come talk to me at the arena. So I went and talked to Al for, you know, probably a good two, three hours because the man doesn't have a concept of time. Um, and by the end of it, he's like, yes, they're coming out Thursdays. We'll find a place for you. And then I left and called Steve and I was like, we work for OVW now. Uh, and that's literally how it started. We started seeding. Um, and then from there, kind of found openings where we could. Uh, you know, the first thing we did was like social media videos and it really just grew from there. So for our listeners who are living under a rock, can you um can, can you explain some of your duties that you do? We all know that you're the voice of OBW, which is Ohio Valley Wrestling. But what other duties do you do while you're there? What what is what is what is Brian Kennison's role, complete role at OBW? Um, it's a bit of a multi hyphenate. Uh, I mean, you get yeah, of course you got the voice of OBW. I mean, you got filming the vignettes and stuff backstage, all of our pre tapes, all our backstage stuff that's filmed by me. Um, all our social media stuff also done by me, all of our graphics, our website, um, our sponsorship partnerships, um, all our marketing efforts. Um, I mean, just earlier today, I was trying to set up a show at a very prominent local sports facility here in Louisville. So and that's kind of the thing with my gig. It's um, it's a different thing depending on the day, like all those things that I just told you. All of those things are, are every week. But then, you know, sometimes they'll get thrown at me like, I was like, Brian, I need you to go find costumes or I need you to find me a string quartet for this week. And it's like, shit, okay. So I mean, get producers in there. Like, it's really whatever comes up, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, and, and one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I shared on the show last week is that we actually, um, you know, like we we started around the same time at OVW. I think I came in, I think I'm a few weeks ahead of you. We mentioned on my show on the Ringside Podcast, I'm a few weeks ahead of you, but it was pretty much around the same time we kind of started. And um, it was you and um, Steve came in and, and kind of like getting your feet wet. One of the coolest things that I think, and I've mentioned this before that, um, that you did was you guys, you know, Al gave you all a camera and let you do your thing. But you guys like did all of these cool social media stuff that was like really awesome. Like you, you know, you you basically took people that were not featured on television as much and you kind of put them on social media and made different stories that later Al had liked them so much that Al had to use those stories within the, the show. And like, you know, it, it's kind of it, it kind of showed your creativity and who you are as a, as a person. Cause you, you know, some people don't realize you also kind of help with creativity too, as well on the show on OBW. So like that was, you know, I, to me that kind of like set you apart from um, anyone else that came in and just did commentary, you know, or just did whatever. I mean, you hadn't got the role of commentary yet. There was somebody else was running that, but it, it, it set you apart from that. Cause even those guys were not doing things like that, you know, well, and that was honestly probably one of my favorite times at OVW. And honestly, that well, that's actually loaded. One, I totally forgot to mention I'm even on the writing team, which is one of my favorite things at OVW. Two, that's one of the things I have an issue with the documentary because it wasn't Al who put the camera in our hand. It was Adam Revolver. We started with those social media videos. Um, and that's honestly where I fell in love with OVW. And that you're in your 100% right, man. It was because we were nobodies. Nobody really wanted to talk to us. You, you know, we were no one would give a fuck about us. Um, so we kind of went to the people that weren't getting TV time. I mean, uh, it, people who weren't getting an opportunity to express their characters themselves or work those things out. And that was so gratifying and they were so grateful. And you're right. Then Al seeing you know, these people, I think a big example that was Callie and uh, Jaylee when we first got there, they were feuding, but their feud was not getting TV time. It wasn't getting any attention. And then they were kind enough to let Steve and I, uh, you know, film them and collaborate on some things. And then they had like the hottest feud at the pay-per-view after the fact, because they were featured on our social media. And I think that kind of changed the perception of what social media could do at OVW. I think that was a forgotten art when we had first gotten there. And I think that's one of the reasons we saw an opening we could capitalize, but at the same time, to your point, um, that made me feel different. It made me feel like we were doing something different. And I think that's in people listened and that they, and in listening, learned to kind of trust me. And I would have probably never got anybody in the locker room to listen to me if I hadn't had that opportunity to do that then. I mean, hell, you were in some of those videos. I was. I was in some of those videos. <laughs> and honestly, I think doing that, um, 
And because we didn't have anyone else to do interviews, and I was like, fuck it, I can hold a microphone. That got me in front of the camera, and that's what got us to overdrive and commentary in the first place, which I never fucking asked for, but it's been a blast. Yeah. So, Brian, let me ask you this. Uh, we, we, we had uh, the Blue Meanie on last week, mm-hmm. and uh, he had touched on some of the things that he was able to learn through his career through, through the minds of Al Snow, through the minds of pa- Paul Heyman, through the minds of uh, Bruce Pritchard and things like that. Um, you, as far as my show notes go, unless you want to correct me, I mean, you don't really have a wrestling background. Uh, you went to Louisville of Kentucky, uh, right? You were uh, yeah, well, I went to UofL. I went to a local community college, uh, but primarily I did acting and I did years of stand-up comedy. That's where a lot of my background came in. Okay, uh, so so my, my fast question, I guess, would be, sure. um, where, where, where did you learn? All right, because I obviously and i know you know at this point uh worked at the at the at the big place and you know i i saw you know your your vince russo's and your bruce pritchard's and all that stuff run these backstage segments these backstage pre-tapes um and things of that nature where where did you figure out the experience to like to 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 do what it's supposed to be done and how it's supposed to be done right like where did you get that and then you said you're doing writing um or help help do the writing where where is all this coming from? Is this just you being a smart guy who's an educated person? That's um, what did what did what did Daniel call you? America's what? America's sweetheart, or you alluded to that at least. America's, I think America's favorite. Something. Yeah. America's, yeah. Okay. Well, to be America's favorite, you got to tell us how all this worked out. Like, in other words, you have to tell me where 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 did you come up with the fucking mind to do this shit? <laughs> um. So that's loaded. Uh, okay. When the first part of what I just said, though, I mean, when we got there, you know, Steve and I did seating. And Steve is my, uh, he's my curly haired counterpart. He's been with me since day one. I met him at a bank. I was like, I fucking hate this dude. And then he was the best man in my wedding. So, you know, these things kind of happen. Um, we now, started now, now, real, real quick. Steve, Steve is your best friend, right? Yeah, he's my best friend. He's my co commentator on OVW. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's my other, other half. <laughs> That's that's a that's another cool story too, man. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, right, yeah, and that's a whole another. We'll get into, we can get into that another time. Uh, but yeah, so we came in seating, um, and we were like, we just kind of realized, you know, there's something else. We could do something else. We have more to offer, and we try to look at where the holes were in OVW, what we could do, and again, that's when we noticed they had there was like no social media presence. So really, it wasn't any sort of smart mind or anything like that. It was. Okay, they don't have anything on social media. What can we do? I mean, Steve and I both, um, I don't say we had bad childhoods, but we spent a lot of childhood probably ignoring what was happening around us and just watching TV. Um, for Steve, it was, you know, old, 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 old wrestling. For me, it was, you know, because he's an old bitch and I'm young and spry. Uh, I was watching, you know, right around Stone Cold, uh, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania era is where I, where I started and got in. But I also watch you know uh, bat- luckily for me comedy central played snl for in like eight hour stints when i was a child so i would sit there and watch that um and it's a great learn it's a great lesson in learning how to write in short form um and also immediate gratification as far as delivery and response and comedy it's here's a joke and then you get a laugh back and wrestling it's here's a promo or you get a boo or a cheer or here's a move and you get a reaction back so snl was a great master class in learning that kind of writing um, and then obviously, you know, we started doing the pre-tapes. Al saw we had potential and he's like, well, you guys want to get on the writing meetings? Well, yeah, fuck. We love to get on the writing meetings. We're a couple fucking mark. Yeah, we want to be on the writing meetings. Um, so learning from Al, Sin Bodhi, who was there very regularly when we first got there, it was a great mind to sit under. And, you know, people just constantly rotated in and out. And we've always had the opportunity to learn from some of the biggest names there are, but also yeah, I wasn't writing, writing stories my first four, five, six, seven weeks. I would throw out ideas and I was like, that's fucking stupid. But here's why. And that was <laughs> the important part. I'm okay, okay. The, the, this first part hurt, but the second part's important. And I, after a while, you know, I would throw out ideas and he's like, yeah, okay. So he's like, you got it. And, and honestly, one of my proudest moments was probably about a month and a half ago. I sent Al this not, I sent him, I sent him fucking war and peace in a text. And he goes, uh, we get on the call and he goes, Brian, this, these things you sent me. I was like, okay, how are they wrong? What the fuck did I do? What's wrong? And he's like, it's all great. Every single thing is great. Every single thing is exactly what I would have done. He's like, I don't know if you hit, you hit your head on a rock or something this week, but you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
and I wrote probably a good 60-70% of the show. Uh, I mean, obviously, Al puts his tweaks in here or there, but he let me take the reins on it. And that, uh, knowing who Al is, is one of the greatest compliments uh, I could have received. But to your question, I came in as a fucking idiot trying to do things. I, I, you, you know, I've been noticing you posting about Paul Heyman and his documentary that he always says, sure, I can do that. Why couldn't I do that? I do that all the fucking time. That's 100% what I've done since I got to OVW. Yeah, I can do that. Why wouldn't I be able to do that? Sure. I mean, I've started, you know, chairs, social media stuff, uh, to hosting our own TV show on Saturday mornings to being co-voices of OVW. It's just been, yeah, sure, whatever you need. I just got to ask one more thing because I want Daniel to get in here because I know he is. And I'm trying my best to stay away from the show that you, the, the, the series, the Netflix series right now. I'm trying my best. Sure. But I'm going to there. I'm going to get there, I promise you. And I know that's why you're on here, but I, I, I'm just trying to fill everybody in because I want everybody to know the true American sweetheart you are. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to curse as much if you guys are going to call me that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to tweet the <laughs> fuck out of this. Um, <laughs> so, is Al Snow more of the, the, the realest of real that you've ever met in your life? I mean, is there anyone that's realest of real than Al Snow? Because there isn't to me. Um, no, uh, well, yes and no. Al will, Al will tell you how it is, but he will find a way to tell it to you. Okay, good example. I like a good pastry sour when I drink my beers because the sour comes in nice and hard with the flavor, but it puts the lactose on to thin it out so you can enjoy it. That's how Al delivers bad news. Al is the sour that puts lactose on top of it, so he finds a way to deliver you bad news or something you won't like in a way that you're like, oh, okay, I get it. So no, he's not the worst as being real. That would be Steve. Al would be like, you know, that's probably not the best idea. I think you could probably figure out something better. Steve like, that's fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid for saying it. <laughs> so no, and that is also why Al likes Steve in a business that everyone's always trying to work you and get over on you. That curly-haired motherfucker is exactly who he says he is, exactly what it says on the tin. Well, I will say <laughs> this. If Al's had a few drinks, his answers are his, – his responses. he might give a little more Steve than he does Al uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> yes. I've experienced – I've experienced the that. And and I was actually – you know, for, it was a, a small period of time. Um, I was actually on the – on the uh, – uh, creative. I was in the meetings. I was on the team. I just was in part of the creative t uh, t meetings with Brian and and Al and all others. And it's a very interesting thing. And and, and Brian was Brian when he's speaking to that. Is that you know like you would come up with an idea and ninety percent of the time I would shoot it down and tell you why it's a bad idea. And uh, and then you usually spend twenty minutes hearing why it was a bad idea. And you're like, okay, okay, I get it. So now let's move on to the. <laughs> the next one so like i get it, it was a bad idea okay well let's, let's try to figure this out and 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 make this uh right so you learn quickly not to pitch any ideas because until you know for sure it's a good idea and even then you realize it wasn't so um, well you know what you know what daniel here's what i'm getting though here's what i'm i may be wrong and both of you uh, brian obviously you know yourself better than anybody else daniel you know brian so maybe this i see brian as a guy who's like this okay I'm going to keep pitching fucking shit until it fucking sticks. I'll listen to this shit for 20 minutes. Fuck it. Because I got another idea. I'm going to throw at him again. You think he's going to talk for another 20 minutes? In other words, a persistent motherfucker that cares, that loves, and just wants to fucking do it because he's doing it for the better of the business. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, I just see Brian, just the short term of talking to him, never met him in my life, I don't think. And if we were, I was drunk. And I'm sorry. I apologize now. Um, <laughs> but... I don't. I see you as being a persistent guy who's going to fucking throw his ideas out, and I don't think you're going to stop. No, you're not far off base. Uh, that's usually how it goes. Because even if Al says no to something, if I feel strongly enough about it, like we're going to do this, this, I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. This would have been better, even on the headset. Yeah, like when we're there at the show. All right, guys, this is coming up next. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plan would have been better, but no, we'll still do that. That's fine. So I, <laughs> um, Al is like an uncle I like to poke at in that regard. Very cool. Well, here's what I didn't want to do, Brian. Sure. Daniel, here's what I want to do, buddy. Yep. Uh, RJ's not leading this fucking ship this week. I am, so fuck it. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to dive into the show a little bit now on the Netflix series. I want to dive into some questions. I want to dive into a bunch of stuff. But we're going to do that when we come back, when we come up with our third count, and we're going to talk about 
OVW's Wrestlers on Netflix when we come right back with count three. This is your three count. All right, we're back here in the third count, and uh, we're we're we got Brian Kennison, uh, the voice of OVW, uh, with us, and um, you know one of the stars of the series wrestlers on Netflix. I mean, I know or one of the featured people, stars. However you want to say it. I mean, I know I'm in the show as well, but not as much as as Brian as you, Brian. Um, I will say this: we we you know since the time we came at OVW, we had a, an ownership change. Or, or maybe a, I don't want to say a change, but maybe a, um, um, a group, so to speak, more investors, more people, um, got involved, um, right after the pandemic. And through that, there was kind of, um, some different changes that were happening and, um, some good, some bad, you know, whatever. But one of the things that I remember is when I, and I, and I want to ask you because you're, I, I feel like you were in a different I felt like you knew about it way before I did when I got told of a BBC possible coming to record some stuff. And then we're going to, they're going to pitch it. And if they get they we get the, you know, we get the green light, they're, they're filming or whatever. So when did you first hear about this possibility of a docu-series coming to the BBC, the possible Netflix uh, show um, coming in and, and doing this, um, this, this three months of tapings? Brian, before you answer this, uh, I have to ask. I'm not, I'm not being stupid. I'm, I'm hoping that there's people that are listening that are as dumb as I am. What What is the BBC versus, say, the Netflix? Like, what? I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, BBC is the production company, so yes. like BBC is the people who brought in the cameras and the director and the producer and stuff, and then they sold the series to Netflix, or the Netflix had already pre-bought the series. Yeah. Got it. I think B that's very, and, very important. And BBC is very, very, no, very, very well known for doing a lot of documentary type stuff. Anything you ever see of the documentary stuff, usually it's a BBC production that runs and does that. And they sell it to whoever else. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that BBC crew was um, second, second to none. I mean, Greg, Fantastic. Keller, Zoe, uh, Chelsea, all just amazing. Fantastic. Um, honestly, Daniel, I would be. I'd be lying if I told you I remembered when I found out. I mean, we here's the thing. This last year has been five years because we've known this thing was coming out. Yeah. And given the gravity of the situation that I was in last year, uh, and I knew how much they filmed, way more than they showed. Right. I spent the last year wondering what was going to come out. So um, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but I, it was pretty shortly after uh the the new investment group got involved with OVW it wasn't very long after they had been there i think that was one of the initial things they were trying to do okay okay and and so you know one of the things that we experienced we had and, I, and i'm going to pull behind the curtain a little bit on this we had a we had a tester run where they came out and kind of filled us out and kind of interviewed people and see what was happening and then they took that into an idea and that idea turned into, okay, this is, could be something. And then it, then that from that idea, whatever turned into, we got the information. They're green. We're, we're greenlit. Basically we're going to, it's going to happen. It's a thing. And then here's the dates. And then they show up and start filming. Um, Did, did you know right away from the very beginning that you were going to be one of the featured people or did you just think you were going to like me just going to be there and maybe they maybe they'll film me and talk we'll talk or maybe they won't um no uh, i had absolutely um zero clue man um and i think you know that's pretty evident from again with that if you haven't watched the series i don't i guess we're going to get into it i mean yeah there's no way I could have known because my the only reason I was on the series is based on the shitty situation that I was put into. Mm -hmm. uh, they it's not because I look like a Greek uh, god like Jesse Goddard. It's not because I have the personality of a Holly Taylor J or the veteran years of a cash flow. I just happen to be someone who works their dick off and was put in a kind of a crappy situation that a lot of people can um, relate to. By the way, um, quick, quick question. Um, mm -hmm. your lovely not really, wife, not really your lovely wife, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't that. your lovely wife. Does she, does she ever, you know, I know she turned you down in the show, but does she still sometimes make <laughs> out with you? I was worried about that. My work, my wife makes out with me on a regular basis. That's been, <laughs> All right, perfect. All right. That's been the two things, man. 
Hey man, love the show. Glad you didn't get fired. And hey man, love the show. Sorry your wife won't make out with you. <laughs> she is not super happy because the crew, the crew, she loves them and they love her, but she's not happy with them because they they showed her shooting me down for making out and then just eating rotisserie chicken multiple times. She's like, they took so many other fucking shots. <laughs> I was like, that's that's fair. That's fair. So, so Brian, Brian, I've been I've been holding this back for a while now. So now I need to let you know. Why I am so, so very excited that we're doing this podcast. So um, I knew nothing about this. I watched nothing but sports. That's why I don't know what BBC is. That's why I didn't know what Netflix is. I don't know none of this shit. Okay, I don't. This is probably the first series of anything I've ever watched. I'm not kidding you. Um, it was probably the best thing I've ever seen. And maybe I will get into more series, I guess. But I was a fan of yours throughout the show. I loved your honesty. Um, you've already touched on all the things you do in OVW. And then, wow, this fucking prick named Mark Jones. Matt Jones. Matt? Matt Jones, yeah. Whatever his fucking name is, who cares? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he comes in and tells you that if ticket sales and people aren't in seats, aren't more, you're you're going to be reevaluated and possibly fired. Okay, that infuriated me. Like I literally had to tell. I was watching it with a roommate, his girlfriend. Um, I think my kids were even in the room. I said, "Pause this shit. I need to go fucking smoke a cigarette." I was so pissed. Like, like I'm I'm being I'm shooting right now. I'm dead serious. I was so into this thing, man. What the fuck, man? Like, so my first question. What do you have to do with seats in the asses and the asses in the seats? I mean, I know you go out and promote it, but you can't, you can't make, it's not, you're, you're not selling your name. You're, you're not selling the champion. You're selling the show. You're selling the best you can do. No, the boys need to sell that shit, not you. And it pissed me fucking off. Not only that, but you could tell from the beginning to that point, how genuine your love was for OVW. And it was just, God, it was pissed me off that Matt Jones, I swear. I swear. And I appreciate that. And I've been getting, honestly, I've been getting a lot of that. Um, I think even Matt Jones' ex-girlfriend texted me and was like, you better be fucking nice to Brian. Um, which, without saying, I don't, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And it's over a year ago. It was, I don't necessarily agree with what they did. Um, I understand they were new owners coming in and they put money into something they wanted to look under the hood but i think it's a lot different to look at an anthill from a drone and then being one of the ants um and i think that's kind of one of the situations we ran into there they didn't see everything i did uh, I think they was it one saw. of those things where you know because like you know there was a very select there's very minimal like one or two if three or i don't know maybe even five if, if even that that is on a pay salary kind of scaled OVW. So maybe was it one of those where they're like, okay, how can we do you think do you feel this way? How can we kind of scale back and get rid of, okay, well, let's let's um that's Brian somebody that's on salary that maybe we can get rid of. Well, let's let's kind of go after him here and maybe let's see if he earned his keep. And like you think it's one of those situations? Um part of it, yeah. I do think that uh, had to be uh, part of it. Um, but when you, when you take it from that aspect, you have to look at anyone. I'm the lowest one on that totem pole as far as pay goes. So if you're looking to cut something, then I'm, not, I'm not an exponential part of that. Um, but usually it's always the bottom that goes right. And you cut the you cut you cut the the, the bottom of it. So that's that's what that kind of stinks. If if that was if that was one of their main mo motivations behind it. Uh, but but and, you know. I think that's one of the things that the documentary didn't touch on fully everything that might've given a fuller picture of that situation, which made it so incredibly stressful, um, which made me a little more personally resentful. Um, there were conversations. Right. The one thing, the one thing, and I'm so sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't have the great audio you guys have. I'm ghetto as fuck. Um, but they didn't need to touch on that, to be honest with you. I got it. I got it. And so did everyone in the room. We knew you weren't making $250,000 a year. We don't have an idea what you're making. We're not asking you. That's nobody's fucking business. But what I'm saying is this. I've been in the business for a long time. I have an idea. I have an idea, especially on that level. Okay. 
That's what infuriated me because this happens in wrestling all the time. It's the wrong people that get cut. Do you know what I mean? And I knew when I saw this and was watching this, it was like, okay, so you're, I'm not going to thought figures. I'm not because they're not even actually important. But let's just say you're going to throw away a guy who makes a dollar a year to save what? Because you're going to have to hire how many people to do what the fuck he's doing. You know what I mean? Which makes no fucking sense to me. That's what made me so mad. And this guy, Matt, you know, Matt Jones, don't get me wrong. He has some wrestling of mine. But at the time when this documentary was was shot, it was like, dude, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're a dumbass. You're getting rid of somebody who's very valuable to your company that you just invested in. And you're going to fucking save a dollar to step over a quarter. You're a dumb fucking idiot. You know, and so I don't think the documentary needed to actually cover that. I think most people that are watching that are thinking the same thing as I and other people that are watching with me that aren't actually in the business. You know what I mean? Sure. No, and I would, and I guess that wasn't so much insinuating. Just Matt and I have more of a personal history than that documentary led on, which kind of made it a little more uh, antagonistic. Um, and to his credit, you know, after the credit after the cameras left, and I developed a bit more of his mind, I did confront him about some things, and he's been better about it since then. But I think that really was the drone and hill situation, like exactly what you're saying. They're like, "Oh, well, Brian, what does Brian do? We could just get rid of him," and they didn't realize all the things they would have to fill the void on. Because there are certain things I get sometimes. You know, I will be asked by a certain owner, certain owners, you know, "Well, who does this on the website?" Me. I handle the whole website. Oh, you do the website. Like they just don't know. <laughs> uh, and and, and yeah. again, that you're not there every week. How can you know? You, you know, when we're there, it's like an owner coming in and being like, "What's in our burgers?" And like, man, I can tell you, but you're here every week. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, just a lot of laps in communication there. I don't want to. I don't want to go too horribly far into it because I don't want to bury anybody or talk ill of anyone or anything like that, though. No, and, and one of the no, things no, I will say, Daniel, Daniel, oh, wait, wait a minute, yeah, no, no, yeah. Brian, I want you to bury motherfuckers. That's what we do here. Bury somebody. <laughs> Fuck. Brian, that's not my style, though, man. You never get over. And you know, you never get over by burying somebody else. You beat nobody. You are nobody. All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to Daniel. Daniel, you are. You are right. You are America's sweetheart, Brian. You little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, no. And that's one of the things that, you know, people don't realize, too. I mean, uh, you know. I do so much more at OVW than just, yeah, I'm a senior official, but there's so much behind the scenes I do when it comes to the ring, having it looked a certain way, doing, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, I, I I've helped uh, try, I've even, I've even set up a few, whether they came through or not, but I've also helped when it comes to sponsorships and stuff and hook them up with Brian. So Brian can negotiate and do, do his thing. And I've negotiated myself for some people too, as well. So it's, it's, but it's one of those things where I will text Brian and, and literally like, Hey man, what do you think about this or that? And he goes, Hey, okay. And then if Brian is literally over, if he doesn't handle that, he goes, well, that's not actually me. That's, you know, Nick coffee, or that's, you know, Matt or whoever that's, you know, Oh, you need to talk to Al about that. Oh, okay. He he's very communicate where but the, I feel sometimes, and I'll, I'll say it sometimes other people will go, well, I don't know who really handles that. And they, and they should know. I'm not going to say who they are, but they should know. And they walk away and I'm like, okay, well, we, Brian at least will let you know I'm not the right person, but I'll tell you what, this is the right, this is the right person. And if you need my help on that, we can do it together. There's something that recently I talked to Brian about. He's like, that's not my thing. You can do this, but I'm there for you, whatever you need me. And I know he will be. And so that's, um, that's who Brian is in a nutshell, because he cares about the people. He cares about OVW and uh, he wants it to succeed and be successful because he knows when it, when it does, we're all going to benefit, including himself, and that's that's how it works. It's a teamwork. Yeah, yep. and we're, yeah. we're a hell of a team right now. We really are. I think, and I think it happened before the doc too. I think Al has done a really, really good job about weeding out assholes. Um, and I yep. think like our locker room, it, you know, staff, roster, all together, it's just such a collaborative family effort. Um, and I and especially post after this doc came out, the amount of people from the locker room that came up to me that was like, "Dude, I'm so fucking sorry. I know that was going on. We appreciate the hell." Like it's been a very overwhelming experience. Um, but and I but that's the thing. I think that does come from working together, from being available to being open to communicate and being open to being wrong. 
I think some people are afraid to communicate with the roster in certain aspects because they don't want to be wrong. I, I think, yeah. like you said, Daniel, they don't want to say where it goes because they don't know and they don't want to right. be wrong. You know, so I'm going to ask you this. I, I can't remember if we talked about this this past weekend when we did um, shows at the Gaslight Festival in Louisville, Kentucky, which, by the way, were great shows. Brian and you set those up, so congrats on those. Um, one of the things that I figured we, you brought this up earlier too, about so much was filmed. You didn't know what they were going to show. And same way with me, I actually was shocked. There was things, there's a story. There was, a, there was two stories that I know I was a part of that did not really air. Although they showed Ric Flair's last match, but they didn't show like the people who got selected for that. But do you feel that this is the way I feel straight up? I feel like they were planning for as much content as possible as many episodes as possible and they may have thought that we're going to have 10 episodes but netflix approved seven or whoever was approved seven and then that they had to scale back and put what they put in seven uh, great set great seven episodes don't get me wrong i mean i love them love the stories they showed everything was br- brilliant but do you feel like that's why there was so much more content that was left off the shelf because of what you know what they had to showcase all you know what limited what limited amount they had to showcase i i genuinely could not tell you i mean that makes sense but if i remember right we originally told me five episodes and it went to seven. Oh, okay i, I so, thought i heard 10 originally so that's what threw me off so okay we hear a lot of numbers um but i mean the thing is no one knows other than the people who edited it you know um and i'm sure there are a bunch of us that some of us are frustrated that certain things didn't get used. Some of us are probably relieved certain things we said didn't get used. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I got um, I got interview segments in both camps on that. Um, yeah. But regardless, and I actually sent Greg a message saying this. Um, him and his team captured a moment in OVW that was shitty, awesome, terrifying, exciting. And they encapsulated it. They might have taken some liberties here and there, and they may have, uh, you know, shown what they wanted to show in certain lights. But they captured that time, you know, and everyone at OVW is always going to have that. And I think that's fucking rad. Uh, it, whether uh, billions of people watch this or it's just 50,000 of us, you know what I mean? I can go back and show my grandkids later on, hey, there's me looking kind of cool talking about how to cut a promo. And then there's me crying about your father. You know, like, yeah. we're always going to have that. So even if they left a shit ton on the floor for whatever reason, um, and there's always going to be that, what if they had said this? What if they had added this part in there? Uh, it's still like you and I and all those other people, we got to do something. People are going to go their entire lives and I get to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You're right about that. So, Brian, what I want to do is we, we have some fan questions um, to America's sweetheart. And, um, <laughs> We and we have, you know, obviously me and Daniel have our questions, too. I'm sure if, if Daniel doesn't, I do, because um, I don't want to hold you up because I know you're a busy dude. Uh, but but I do want to take as much time as you want. Anyway, um, so I've got a question from Vaz, whatever that means, V-A-S, uh, Vaz. Um, what is the one thing you learned about yourself from doing and watching the show? Um, easy. Um, I learned I don't have to take shit. Um, it's okay to have some spine. It's okay. It's okay to say what you need to say. Um, even if you think something might go wrong out of it, because at least you can go home knowing you said what you needed to. Um, and that's one of those things, unfortunately, you won't ever get to see on the dock. It's one of those things that end up on the, on the cutting room floor and then happened after the fact. Um, but yeah, I, the documentary was a very harrowing experience, um, and it really strengthened my, my 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 core and my resolve to be who I am and be with my family and not let that be uh, wavered by someone trying to push me off that keel. Uh, and trying to I'm trying to measure my words. <laughs> well, let me let me just tell you this, Brian. Um, and, and how how long have you been in the business? The business? Uh, I think five years now. I think we're at five years. Okay, well, if I can give you any good word of advice, okay, and um, there'll be some people that would agree and there'll be some people that won't, and that's and it's fine. But I can tell you right now, I learned very young that you have to stand up for what you believe in. 
and actually have to say before you say it, if you know you're going to say it, and if you don't know you're going to say it, just say it, that there could be some ramifications. But if you don't do that in this particular business, the wrestling business, you're going to get stomped on and walked on for the rest of your fucking career. And it's the way it is. And I don't mean be a cocky, pompous bitch. I'm talking about don't be a bitch and be someone who stands up for what they believe in, especially when you know you're doing a good job. You're always there. You're on time. You're doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Then you have a voice. You have a voice. You know, when things aren't going right, I don't mean there's there's political ways to go about it unless you're disrespected. And if you're disrespected, obviously, you got to be a man and figure out the way to handle that. But just tucking your tail and going back to the locker room is definitely not the way to do it in this business. I can tell you that right now, because the guys that have lasted forever, or I can promise you, are not the guys who tuck their tails and run. They're the guys that stand up for what they believe in and what they're doing. And they say, no, fuck you. Here's the fucking way I see it. If you don't fucking see it, you know, that's that it's a, it's just, this is not your regular world when it comes to stand up for yourself and being a man or woman or woman. I shouldn't, you know, disregard those either, but it's, it's, it's a stand up and fight for yourself kind of world in this business. It really is. Especially if you're doing the right things and working hard and doing the right things. I agree. And, and that's been one of the things I've really been, I've earned a lot more respect from telling people no than I ever did kissing their ass. Um, and even what, and someone I have a ton of respect for, uh, he, he said, and it's the stupid, and I, and looking back on it, I can laugh at myself, but he said something kind of shitty to me. I was like, yo, man, when you said that the other day, it hurt my feelings. And when I said that, I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have worded it that way. Because then he ripped me for saying I hurt my feelings. <laughs> so, but then, you know, there's that little measure of respect. And he said something later on, and then I didn't say hurt my feelings. I'm like, yo, dude, that was over the fucking line. You can't talk to me that way. We were on the same fucking team. And, okay, that, but, and that guy but, was like a better, well, better, better. I'm sorry. I'm, go sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. Not mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. I thought you were done. Um, one more rule. Don't ever tell anybody your feelings got hurt. Yeah, and that's why the next time I told him, you can't fucking talk to me that way. That's why I was like, let's overcorrect. And I was like, you can't fucking talk to me that way. And, and this is a veteran veteran. And I've seen a change in that day. He's like, all right, yeah, I got a little bit of respect from saying it that way. Because <laughs> it was a lot more direct. It was a lot more, yo, yeah. across the line. You got to. You got to. Um, another one of another fan question we have uh, is from a guy by the name of Chain Chess. I'll say referee Shane Chess. Um, he says, "I know you, and you are a very pleasant person. But give us some more insight into your background. What makes you tick? And then, second, what is it like working with the superstar Gracie?" Oh, two wildly different questions. All right, what makes me tick? Uh, what frustrates me? Shit! If my wife was out here, she could give you a whole litany of things that I complain about. Uh, people walking slow in front of me, uh, other drivers. I love driving, but other drivers make it horrendous. Uh, bikers who don't use the bike lane and are in the middle of the road. And, uh, it's mostly people who hold me up now that I'm now, saying now, this out loud. Now, it's mostly now, people that I think now I will say this. I think, I think he meant that more as like, what makes you tick as a person who you are individually? I don't, I don't think, I don't like a, like a, you know, I don't think he meant it as what ticks you off, but I like the way you're no, answering this though. I'm no, not going to lie. Daniel. Daniel, will you stop this? I love this. Please let him talk about what no, I know. I'd love to too. I just said it. I said, but I love the, your answer. So keep going. That's what that was my whole thing. Well, now well, as I listed those things, I like mostly the thing I'm getting frustrated about is people delaying me, is what I've noticed. It's maybe I just need to slow the fuck down. Because <laughs> that really is most of it. Uh, and people that don't tip. Yeah. So anyone who literally slows me down in any FS at riding a bike, walking slow in front of me or driving, and people that don't tip. Or tip poorly. Get your shit together. Love it. God, God, man. Oh my God. We might this might be a fucking power podcast here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change change directions here on my questioning. Uh, we got one more friend question though. Well, let's let's wait. Okay. Let's wait. I, I got something here. Um, <laughs> So how do you feel like the show has affected the show, Netflix wrestlers, uh, by the way, in case anybody was wondering, uh, how do you feel like the show has affected the wrestlers and the staff and all the people backstage as far as how important OVW is 
to your area and just in general? Um, I mean, so how it's affected the rosters and how important it is to Louisville or how it's affected the roster and how important it is to Louisville now that it's aired? I, 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 the way you answer questions, I, whatever you, way you want to take it, you just take it, buddy. Look, let's just roll with it. Um, so I think <laughs> locally, you've definitely seen a big response to it because I think a lot of people weren't expecting it. And our, uh, I can tell you from our ticket sales this week alone, it's definitely got people taking a new eye to us. And people seem a lot more proud to have us as a local organization, which we've been here for 30 years. So it's it, it, so it's it's kind of nice, which is like, thank you for acknowledging us. But at the same time, it's like, where the fuck you been? Um, but... It's really nice to see the community and, again, some really big local things reaching out. Like, you know, we did Gaslight two nights in a row at Third Turn. I already had that booked, but I've had some really unbelievable offers for live events since then. Um, so Louisville's really taken a shine to it. But the roster, um, the only way I can really compare it right now is, and I, I told you, I used to watch SNL as a kid all the time. And it's like the end of the show where everyone's walking around hugging, saying, great job, we did it, fantastic. I think the entire staff and roster at OVW right now is in that mindset. And we're all kind of in that little, not necessarily a victory lap, but we're all just kind of very grateful to be in the moment that we're in, if that makes sense. Um, I don't see a lot of um, arrogance coming out of it. I haven't seen egos inflating or anything like that, uh, unless you count Steve. Uh, it's been, everyone's been very uh, communal and very, a lot of camaraderie. Um, so honestly, it's been really, really great. For like the roster and the staff, it's been phenomenal. I just feel like, you know, that, you know, it's okay to be an OBW wrestler now and put your chest out a little bit. I think it's okay. I think it's cool. Um, I actually think that Daniel's a lot cooler than I thought he was um, because he's a referee at OBW. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I know that sounds funny. I'm not being funny. Um you know, he would tell me all the time, you know, i got OVW on this day, so I can't do this. And I'm just thinking to myself, and no disrespect, none. Just, okay, all right, big deal. All right, whatever. All right, go ahead and do that. And, you know, that, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I don't. I feel like, I feel like that y'all should be able to put your chest out a little bit. Not be cocky, but put your chest out a little bit. Like, yes, we're OVW. I'm proud. I'm fucking proud. And I just feel like that this, this, this Netflix series um put you guys on notice and and said that we are somebody um i i, I don't know i just feel like I, I just feel like it's okay to be a little cocky and i don't mean arrogantly i just think it's okay to say i'm i'm an ovw wrestler i'm an ovw referee i'm an ovw announcer and i'm proud of that fucking shit you know what i mean like so i guess i meant more we are a locker room. We're not having one cell break away from the, the hive mind. You know what I mean? We're not having one person who's like, I'm on the show more than all of you. I'm like, perfect, perfect example. Hollywood Haley J. Uh, people can say a lot of things about her, but yeah, and she was all over the show. It was basically the Haley Maria show. And it would have been understandable, like you said, to walk in, Haley be like, I'm on top of the world. I'm Mrs. Netflix. When I showed up, Haley walked up to me. It's like, I've been, I was looking forward to seeing you since I watched her. Are you okay? I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And she fucking just hugged me. Cause right. Haley, it, it, that's what it says. She had every right to be like, I'm the fucking biggest star in the world right now. And her first instinct was like, I've been looking forward to seeing you cause you went through some shit. And that's kind of, I guess more what I meant. Yeah. We're all very, we are all very proud to be part of OEW. I mean, yeah, sure. AEW can be Popeyes. WWE can be KFC. We can be Joel. We're something different, a little more spicy. Um, and so I am proud of that. I'm proud of every fucking thing we've done. I did 70 episodes of a uh, comedy show we based on Mario for wrestling. I'm proud of shit of that. And we those before Netflix ever came. Um, but the, the egos aren't there. We're not having one person try to step in front of the pack and like, this is my show or I'm, I'm ahead of all of you now. It was very much, we all did this. Um, and so I guess that's more what I meant. Like, yeah, we're all proud of shit, but no one's trying to be the shit. You know what I mean? No, I get it. I get it. So, I'm sorry, that was the end of, I was done ran. No, 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 no. It's cool. We're, we got, we're going to wrap it up here, but we do want to ask. We do have one more fan question, so I want to get this in here. This is actually a good question. It's from WB Master 2018. They ask, what was the best OVW match you've ever called in commentary? Best WWE match? I've never called a WWE match. I mean, OVW match. I'm sorry. I was looking at it. I was, <laughs> looking, at, I was looking at his name. <laughs> hey, WWE you fucked up, Daniel. He I ain't did. stupid. I did. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the best OVW match you ever called in commentary? 
<laughs> what we call it, we see, Daniel. That was written, remember? Um, okay. Best match I've ever called. Jeez, man. I've called so fucking many. Um, two that stand out. Uh, Goddard's gun. Always fucking rad. Haley versus Jocelyn Navarro in a street fight. Just blew my mind. Um, Corey Storm and Justin Smooth at an impact show in Chicago. Um, and that was my first. That was, I ref that and uh, did you? Uh, you did. Yeah. When he that, came out and the when Smooth came out in the white suit was like just lay down, Corey. That yeah. that yeah. I, I didn't give up. That technically that wasn't commentating, but I was there and I filmed it, and that just was a very special moment. Uh, but lately. Recently, Jack Vaughn versus Cashflow. Those dudes have so much chemistry they can make a Breaking Bad spin off of it. I feel like I've ref uh, most of those matches, so I appreciate the rub. Thank you. Well, that's why they were so damn good. There it is, right there. You're just so good at your job, Daniel. Uh, Brian Hebner taught me. So, actually, what happened was Earl taught Brian. Brian made uh, he made his stuff better. He took his shit and made it better. Brian taught me. I took his shit and made it better too. So there you go. There it is, you little thief, just like Breaking Bad. Wow, I was nice. trying to get him to pop. He looked, he knows so bad. He was like, "Wow, he didn't even, he didn't even do anything." Like, <laughs> those are those I can't watch by video. He's flexing, uh, showing me his guns are bigger than mine, which they are. So, so I got one more thing, and then we'll get you out of here, man. Sure. Uh, I actually have two, but you can you can you can shorten it or whatever you want to do. Um. Where where are you and uh, Matt Jones now? As far as this whole documentary, as far as it being over, and do you feel like you earned a respect from him? Um. So okay, he says he respects and trusts me now, um, and he and I have had some very serious and stern conversations since cameras quit rolling. Um, but I think we are in a much better place. And I think he's a lot more aware of what I do. Um, we're not going to go golfing or anything next week. Um, but <laughs> I will give credit where credit's due. Definite efforts have been made uh, to communicate better with me. And I mean, you know, I don't think really a, a person can ask for much more than obvious uh, attempts to improve communication. You know what I mean? On a bare minimum level. Gotcha. That's 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 fair enough. And why are you in the fucking dark? Why can't I see you, man? Because you it's got progressively darker as we've done this. When we first started, it was bright and well, lovely. In his in his defense, when he first started, it was really bright, but yet we had yeah. a thirty minute delay. So uh, <laughs> that's. I mean, I know that that that's that's my fault. My 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 fault. There we go. I'm going through my goth period, you see, and I'm just working through some things. Figuring I thought, out who I, am. I, I, I thought right. it was the Undertaker for a moment. All right, Brian, do me a favor. Go ahead and cut the light back off. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My wife says the exact same thing on a weekly basis. No, I, uh, I was hoping we would. Uh, I was hoping that's where it went. God, you're so smart. I swear to God. Okay. Pick up on cues. <laughs> All right. Last thing, and then we're done. Okay. <laughs> what was the worst thing that ever happened about this thing for you or the company or anybody else that you know of? Double question. And what do you think this has done for you professionally and personally? Uh, okay. Uh, worst thing. Um, what is the worst thing you could have done? I mean, I'm, I don't really see a, a worse thing other than it's, I know it's riled people up, but like, and there's been a lot of this, this should have been this one or should have been this one. But I mean, I don't think the documentary was really negative for anybody. I mean, even people who had issues in the documentary had a little bit of redemption to them, which Greg is amazing at. Um, I don't think anybody came out looking like a total piece of shit. So, I mean, it's hard to say it was worse for anybody, you know, like the only thing I can say it's worse for is people that already wanted us to be doing poorly. Um, but I think people that want something to do poorly they have nothing to do with are just people who have issues with negativity anyway. Um, but for me, professionally and personally, I mean, personally, like I told you, man, it was a game changing for me as far as developing a spine I didn't know I had, um, reevaluating um, my 
priority, not even necessarily my priorities. I knew what they were, but standing firm on them, not letting someone push me off that pedestal. And like this, I'm like, this is how it's going to be. This is what I, you know, this is where, this is my line in the sand. This is my fucking hill I die on. I, I found that and I'm unwavering on that. And I think I would have found that if it hadn't been for the documentary. And I've had to have a lot of tough conversations since then with uh, people from the doc and otherwise. Like I told you earlier, I've started telling people no a lot more in the locker room. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's great. It's no, that's kind of stupid. Let's do that again. Um, and I've gotten more positive feedback from that than negative. Even since like, the locker room with Jesse Goddard and EC3 a couple weeks ago, we were pitching things back and forth. And I, they were like, well, this, this, this. And I was like, guys, with all due respect, you're inside the ring. You're talking about fans. And you haven't been a fan over fucking 20 years. I've been a fan. I've bought tickets recently. And they both were like, okay, yeah, he's probably right. And list before the doc, I would have never done that. Um, professionally, I don't know. I haven't sold any merch yet. Hopefully that changes. Brian Kennison, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Brian Kennison. Fix that. So do you have a do you have, do you have a goal? Do, do, do you have a goal? Maybe going to another level? Um, not necessarily, man. Honestly, I think that's another thing from the doc. I think my goal is be happy, Brian. Um, I think I spent a lot of last summer trying to make somebody else happy and fighting for something that I loved dearly. Um, but I really should have had to proven myself, and I, I lost a lot of time that I'm not going to get back. So I think my priority now, my my goal, my goal moving forward is be happy. And if that is, you know, staying at OVW and doing the things I'm doing because I am happy, that's great. If something happens where I have to leave, that would break my heart because I love OVW. We're a family, but I have a real family as well that is blood and a wedding ring. And my goal is to maintain that at all costs at this point. And I feel like last summer was more of a detriment to it than anything. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it on such a sad, somber note. No, no, no. no. I was, I, that's that's good, man. That's good. I um, I, I just want to say I, I I know Brian appreciates. I know RJ, who's not here, appreciates. But thank you so much for coming on, uh, this show. I, I I'm I'm just honored to be able to be the guest host at the time that you are going to come on and do this too. So it's been a. I know we chatted chatted. I'm you know little plug here on my show, Rings Out Podcast, a few months ago. Before the Netflix doc, before all of that, so before you were famous, uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, man. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been awesome, and I, I've really enjoyed um, this conversation and um, all the chaos that we just dealt with at the beginning of the show and all the technical issues. This turned out to be probably, I mean, Brian, I think it's been one of my favorite episodes we've done since I've been on here helping out the last few weeks. So uh, thank you so much, man. Uh, I think you're the other Brian. I want to put you over too. Fuck Daniel. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, um, I, 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 you know what? Um, I really want to hang out with you and have a beer, man. Like I really do. Uh, you, you're that kind of guy. Like I want to go down to OVW one, one, one weekend or one night or whatever it is. And, uh, fucking hang out with you and Daniel and fucking chill, man. And just catch hey, up. Here, here we go. Virginia tech plays Louisville at Louisville this year. Let's let's work it out. Come I'm on, W and go to the game. Well, maybe we can do something. I'm I'm, I'm down. Uh, but but no, I mean, uh, I fell in love with you through the series, and I don't mean in love with you, but you know what I'm saying, like as a character. Um, and I told Daniel this, and I, I even called him up, and I was like, "Please tell me this motherfucker didn't get fired." Like you know, <laughs> and, and, and Daniel was like, he wouldn't tell me either. He was like, "No, dude, you need to watch the series, man." He was like, "I'll just tell you this." He's still with us now. And I was like, because I don't have any idea of time of when this thing was recorded. You said it was a year ago. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so I would, you know, I just think, dude, I think you're a down to earth guy who loves the business, who respects the business, who would do anything for the business. And you know what? I love those people because I'm the same fucking way. Um, I'm not anymore. I'm out of the business. I retired last year. I don't know if you know, but uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm, sitting in my house, flexing, going to the gym, going to bed in my bed, not flying anymore. Um, as much as I love what you guys do, I, I respect it so much. And there's not enough people like you, you know, there's not enough people like you that genuinely care about who they work for, what they're doing, what about the business and all that kind of thing, you know, and it's just uh, refreshing. It's, it was refreshing to watch it, you know, on Netflix to see all that stuff. And, you know, I love you, dude, man. I'm glad you didn't get fired. 
Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I'm really glad I got fired too. <laughs> so now I want you to go ahead and put over all your go, go ahead and get yourself over. I know you know how to do that. You're in the fucking wrestling business. You better. Uh, you you know you get like two minutes here. Get your shit over. Sure. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Let me put on the announcer voice. <clears throat> All right, guys, if you want to pick up some OVW merch, especially Brian Kinison OVW merch, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Brian Kinison. That's B-R-Y-A-N-K-E-N-N-I-S-O-N. And if you got a birthday or an anniversary or a, maybe a death, you want a special video for someone special to celebrate or more than that occasion, go to Cameo.com slash Brian Kinison for all of your uh, happy or, or sad video needs. That's pretty much all I got. Very nice. All right, one more thing before we go. You got a joke? A good one. A good one. Oh, shit. I didn't know I, I could have. I didn't know I was going to be asked to do one. Oh, I had a one about a boomerang. I can't remember, but it'll come back to me. I I usually, I, I would be ready, but that was all I had out of the pocket. I apologize. You're good, man. You're good. <laughs> no problem. I did call you off spot. It's all good. I don't care. And you're um, uh, at, at Bron Kennison, right? Oh, yeah, literally everything. Twitter, uh, or sorry, that's X now, I guess. Instagram, uh, Don't Facebook. That word. Don't you say that word on this show. It's called fucking Twitter. Fuck X. There we go. It's Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> or Facebook. It's just at Brian Kinison, B-R-O-Y-A-N, not with an I. Which people awesome. literally spell it brain sometimes. I'm like, you know the fucking word brain, so you know that's wrong. That's but right. Brian, right. you know what I'm talking about. you damn right I do. Uh, that nothing frustrates. That's that also makes me tick when someone writes brain kinesis. Like, bitch, you've used the word brain before. If you've ever used yours, unbelievable. Okay. So glad I'm in it on that note. Man yelling at the lawn. Go do. Hey, dude. Thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it, man. Thanks, um, man. All, all all the best to you, man. And, and one day I will meet you because I mean Daniel is one of my homies. So I'll, I'll I don't know if I can go to Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Uh, whatever the fuck y'all say. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll I'll find my way to you know get out of God's country and head that way. But uh, anyway, I'll I'll meet you one day. I want you, man. I want to have a beer with you. That's that's gonna be my goal. It's not my lifetime goal, obviously. I don't love you that much, America's sweetheart. But um, yeah, if that was your goal, I'd say up your standards, definitely, Brian. But I will hundred percent have a cold beer waiting for you when you get to Louisville. Yeah, the old Miller, Miller, Miller Light Tall Boy, Miller Light Tall Boy. There you go. Make sure it's a Miller Light Tall Boy. I know, I know, uh, Brian. You're you're a he's a foo foo IPA kind of guy, but but Kennison is. But uh, you know, Brian, me and Brian are just straight lace, man. Miller Light Tall. Well, I like the bottle. He likes the Tall Boys. So there you go. If it's if I'm playing the long game, I'll go Miller Light. If it's a long day, I'm drinking all day. I'll drink my life, but if I got like four hours, nah, man, I'm gonna crank some seven percent IPAs in there. <laughs> oh. A true alcoholic, yes, sir. Not alcohol. We call it a veteran. There's a... right. No, no, no. We call it a controlled alcoholic. <laughs> still, that's not much better, Brian. That's still bad. That's yeah. still <laughs> well. Label it the way you want. Make it sound as good as you want. That seasoned, seasoned drinker. We'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Guys, thank you for having me on. I really genuinely appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Let's talk about sex, guys. Shouldn't you always be at your best? 2023 is a year to maximize your performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in the line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Don't be that guy that says, I don't need it. You don't know until you try. You could be missing out on the best sex of your life. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived and always leave them satisfied and wanting more. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code REFIN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. 
That's BlueChew.com, promo code REFIN, R-E-F-I-N, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this show today. BlueChew, chew it and do it. Thank you guys for listening. It was so awesome, man. Um, I just want to give out shouts to JD, AJ, for our wonderful open. Uh, JD, who does our all of our artwork. Right. Um, next week, we got Jesse Goddard's. Yeah, Daniel. man. Jesse, yeah. What you got? No, hold on. We're quick. Jesse Goddard's is our part two of our part three. Hopefully part three. We'll find out about that. I don't want to give any suggestions out there yet. Yep. But part two is Jesse Goddard's next week for this Netflix series of wrestlers on OVW. Daniel, what do you got? All right, man. You follow. You can find my podcast, uh, Ringside Podcast at Ringside Podcast. Listen to it all. You can get podcasts at. I'm at Daniel Spencer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, find me on there. Follow me there. And uh, yeah. And uh, of course, you can see me on Impact, OVW TV, and Wrestlers on Netflix. So, Jesus Christ, you can be a star, Daniel. My MDB like ranking jumped up recently. So, all because of Netflix. Nice. I'm proud of you, buddy. Love you, bud. Here's Love the deal. You, man. At Baby Hebner, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck. I can't believe I just said that. Um, but anyway, next week, Jesse Goddard. Now, for me, Brian Hebner, we are here at Reffing It Up. We'll see you next week. One, two, three.